Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Straight out of Vegas in the Gecko Fox Sports Radio Studios. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. It's a balmy 95 right now here in Vegas. You love this too. I love humidity. I freaking hate this. I, uh, people cry about humidity are about the weakest people i know i have giant man boobs and <laughs> i've had sweat marks all week long it's disgusting so you have two choices you can complain <laughs> eat a salad maybe <laughs> or eat Walk a salad that's oh <laughs> live from vegas here 330 stations coast to coast and this is going to be an action-packed hour at the end of this hour we're going to be wondering what did we miss should have been something else in there because it's going to be jam-packed. At the bottom of the hour, by the way, Colin Cowherd, his take on the DeRozan trade, I disagree with it drastically. This will be one of the biggest disagreements I've ever had with Colin. Showtime! Woo! I may not speak for a couple minutes. I do not want to insult Mr. Cowherd. Well, listen... There's no sacred cows on Straight Out of Vegas because let's be candid. If we let personal feelings get in the way, it's one thing if it's just, oh, maybe I have the wrong take. But if it's costing you cold cash, uh uh-uh. uh. The Vegas lead this week on a Friday, the Raptors pull off the biggest coup of the NBA offseason next to the Lakers landing. So hold, LeBron hold James. on a second. Hold on a second. Who pulled off the biggest coup? Did I say the Raptors correctly? Raptors? I think you said it. I'm just ne- not sure that happened. We were trading our notes back and forth before the show, and you had some variation of that. I said, hold the phone, buddy. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, how sure are we that this was a good deal for the Raptors? Because I'm, here, here would be my point. Yes. 
the Raptors did not need to make a trade. And before we grade, and we're going to grade both the teams from a Vegas perspective. What does Vegas think of these trades? But before you even start, Toronto had no compulsion. There was no requirement for them to make a trade. San Antonio had to make a trade. You, what, you're shrugging at that? Absolutely. How so do we know? Thought, how do we, what do you mean? The, the you, fact- war, you warn people all the time about make sure you know the story. Don't make assumptions that everything was hunky-dory. In Toronto, well, first off, they've been the making guy, changes. If they've they've got, already been making changes. No, no, I'm not saying there wasn't a reason to make a trade. I'm not saying that it wasn't something that they maybe even Toronto had a bias for, as in, hey, all things equal, let's shake things up a little bit. But they had no obligation to make a trade. Well, no one has an obligation. Well, I, I think, no, let's question that. You're setting up a situation where the Spurs were in a different place, of course. No, I think the Spurs had to make a trade. Of course. Okay, so when you say no one had an obligation, and the next minute you say, well, they had to make a trade, that's I an obligation. I never said they had to make a trade. They've what? been making changes. <laughs> they felt like they wanted to change things up. Who are we talking about? The now? Raptors. Okay, slow down. I think you're... I think we're in agreement here, okay. and, and I think you're misunderstanding. I like arguing the same point. Yeah. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> let let, let me lay this out. Yeah. Toronto had no obligation to make a trade. San Antonio did. Thus, the bar has to be higher for Toronto when you're for, when you're not forced to do something. Well, you better get a, a good yield out of it. Mm-hmm. With the Spurs, we've seen historically in the NBA the last 10, 15 years, when you have to trade a, a elite player, Bill Simmons always talks about you trade a dollar for three quarters. And it's not only that you're getting 75 cents on the dollar – it's just those three quarters aren't near as good as even a player that's, let's say, worth 75 cents, to extend the analogy. To me, the Spurs didn't get equal value, though you can debate with the multiple years left on DeRozan's contract that maybe, you know, would you rather have the 15th best guy in the league? And I think that's the consensus opinion of DeRozan. Would you disagree with that? Top 20. Maybe a little lower, but he's a good player. When you say lower, you mean like 23, 24? Right, no, I'm not, not going crazy on it. He's a 23-point-per-game guy. The year before, he scored 27 a game. He's a good player. He was second-team All-NBA. That, that means he's top 10. Now you've got him 22-23. And so you're... They should, do, they should do All-NBA after the playoffs. Well, well, should they? Or because what about the play? So if you don't make the playoffs, you can't be good. No, but when you do make the playoffs, you need to Oh, deliver. so you can only suffer in the playoffs. Potentially, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we all know regular season awards are regular season awards. And if we're going and I think if anything, you're fall in the square chair. Let's be clear. Steve Cofield, I'm RJ Bell. I'm not in the square chair. You're falling into the recency bias. So somehow, some way, the fact that the, the Toronto got swept, the fact that DeRozan got sat in the fourth quarter of game four. That means more than the 82 games. Or, or somehow it's some huge effect on the 82. The last two years of not being able to shoot from distance makes him a lesser player. But he was that whole not be able to shoot from distance was considered when he was second team All-NBA. Well, no, it's not fine. It means you're wrong. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. It means no, that it naming means him that second team All-NBA is wrong. It's a popularity contest a lot of times, and people don't so deep dive DeRozan on the numbers. So you think DeRozan in Toronto was getting all these favorable votes? Yes, I think based on just the points per game, yes. So, these, he was getting so you think love. the people voting for All-NBA 
are like little eighth grade kids with basketball cards back in the 80s saying, oh, look at his points per game. They're not looking at any advanced metrics. They're looking at some. I don't think they're looking at his advanced metrics. Shooting matters. Deep shooting matters. Let me ask you a serious question. Mm -hmm. Do you believe you know more NBA than the average voter on the all-NBA team? I don't know who the voters are, so, so I guess so, I can look somehow at the you're list. critiquing them. I'm not. I'm not going to say I know more without seeing but, the list. But you're saying that somehow that they're the reason they thought DeRozan was second team was some facile surface all points per game. Well, based on NBA awards, if I pull one out, MVP is the most ridiculous thing ever. So if it's the same people voting for MVP who are doing all NBA, then yeah, I have a problem with it because we know MVP is a popularity contest. There's not even a debate on that one. LeBron. And Kobe before that should have been MVP so many times your head to be spinning. Straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell. That is Steve Cofield. Do not mistake me for Steve Cofield. Whatever you do. You know, the funny thing is on this, <laughs> this is like anti-sports talk, what I'm going to say. I think it was a good deal for both teams. Well, that's fine. Like, I don't but- hate DeRozan. I, I, it's funny, all week, even doing local radio, people hear me start to criticize DeRozan, and I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't think he stinks. It's well, a good guess right. for the Spurs. Uh, uh, <laughs> second team All NBA, he does. It well, you said stink. you said he's a top fifteen player, and I said okay, maybe twenty two. But what I'm saying is, if you're second team to end this point, if you're right. second team All NBA, right. even if you're the worst player on that team, you're the tenth best player. Okay, so you're saying okay, these guys think there's nine players better, and I if if you say he's twenty third, then there's twenty two players better. You're making a massive downgrade based on consensus NBA expert opinion. And I'll actually, I could give you another point you could throw at me. He is generally considered one of the top 15 players when it comes to Team USA. So There you go. All right, so what, let's keep a tally here. I mean, not formally necessarily, but a tally. All right, now, here's, I think, what's important to, and again, we're grading Toronto. We've Define, they didn't need to make a trade. I do agree with you that Toronto had a bias towards mixing it up. Mm-hmm. To some degree, if you're losing uh, in the playoffs, a lot of it's luck. But even if it is luck, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Let's imagine for the sake of argument, you play at five or six golf courses. A lot of golfers out there. Imagine you play at five a rotation of five or six different courses. Obviously, You've got some courses you play more often, and then you've got the ones you play occasionally. But imagine if for like three straight times at this certain course, you golf horribly. Now, we could debate, okay, well, there's more sand traps, and this golfer you know, struggles with them. Or it could be, oh, there's less this or more that. Okay, maybe. Or maybe it's random. But now that you start thinking about it, oh, this is a course I struggle with, mm-hmm. it does potentially become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I'm not sure why Toronto was struggling in the playoffs, but I know they were. And I know shaking up the coach probably wasn't a bad idea. And even shaking up the player wasn't a bad idea. So I see the bias for the trade. Here's my take. This is a team Toronto objectively had the second most wins in the NBA. That's it. No debating it. And I think it's beyond debate that that Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, is at his uh, normal level, let's say. And let's caveat, he wasn't at his normal level last year. Injury, 
maybe psych, you know, some head stuff, some attitude stuff. We can debate that. But Leonard, at his best, is a top four, five, six player. You agree with that? Yes. Okay. So let's call it 15. We'll, we'll split the difference out of courtesy. Is 15 versus five or six. That's an upgrade. Okay. Now, question mark. Does he play hard? Question mark. Is he 100% health-wise? I would make the following case, and let me ask you. We can debate if it was Popovich's fault. We can debate if it was Leonard's fault, his uncle's uncle's fault. But if he goes to a second place and there's more shenanigans, there's more tomfoolery, now I think the judgment gets harsh. Mm -hmm. So I think Kawhi has a real motivation to have a heck of a year Show the Spurs, show everyone that it wasn't him, it was the Spurs. And oh, by the way, is there any team clearly in the East better than Toronto if Kawhi is playing hard and healthy? Nope. So now imagine he takes Toronto to the finals and even loses. All of a sudden now, doesn't his stock go through the roof? Absolutely. He's got maximum motivation. If he plays well, he's going to get a big deal, either, what, $190 million? is what the Raptors can pay him, and he's getting 140 so he's going to max out either way if he plays well and if he delivers the Raptors to the promised land. So, I mean, to me, I think on the motivation side, Kawhi is strong. I think on the health side, I mean, I've never seen a quad injury go like a year, so you got to <laughs> figure. Again, question mark. Yeah. got to f- feel good about it. And we know Toronto had the second most wins in, in the entire NBA. So it strikes me that for one year, my final conclusion would be for one year, this is a significant upgrade for Toronto. I think in year two, three, and four, it's a disaster because the odds of retaining Leonard is, is small. It can happen, but it's small, and you're probably in rebuilding mode after next year if you're the Raptors. I think it's a great move for the Raptors. And to this point, I don't believe Vegas has reacted strongly enough in terms of being pro-Raptors. When we come back, we'll tell you exactly how, with the odds, Vegas did react with the Raptors and how Vegas is grading the Spurs on this trade. It's coming up straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back. Ranger for the ones who get it done. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. We're talking about the big swap between the Spurs and the Raptors. Kawhi goes north. And let's give the... Ve- Listen... Vegas, we can talk all we want. The numbers tell the story. So before the trade, Toronto Raptors, odds to win the title. 60 to 1. So long shot. They weren't in that top tier of teams. After the trade. 18 to 1. Wowza. That is a obvious <laughs> big upgrade. And it makes sense. For next year, no doubt about it. Kawhi better than Rosen or DeRozan. Now, I would make the following additional last point about Toronto's flexibility here. Kawhi Leonard does not have a no-trade clause. So, scenario A, things go great. Leonard's playing well. Toronto has a heck of a chance to win the East. If things don't, personal problems, interpersonal, whatever, 
all of a sudden now, Lakers, Clippers, whomever, they can trade them anywhere. If you're a competitive team that's one piece away, aren't you interested in trading for Leonard? Absolutely. So I think that in Vegas we call it a free roll, which means that if it goes a certain way, it doesn't cost you. If it doesn't go your way, it doesn't cost you anything. But if it goes your way, you gain. That's the definition in Vegas of a free roll. In a way, I think Toronto can probably get back pretty much what they would have gotten for DeRozan in another deal if they are forced to trade Kawhi. If the goal was, hey, we want to change the roster, we want to get rid of DeRozan's money, if that was the goal, then the second time around, they can get a couple of young players and a pick. Boy, I read that. It is one, you know, I love to say cold cash over, over hot takes, but this talk about is this a salary dump? Is I really got to question the education of these. I mean, I know there's a bunch of, I mean, this was the USA Today. And growing up for me, the USA Today was like my life in the 80s in a small coal mining town in Ohio. <laughs> the USA Today was like my lifeline sure. to the real world. The local paper didn't cover the NBA the way yeah. you wanted? No, no. <laughs> and, it was PTA meetings, sure, and a clam and a clam bag. But there's no clams. <laughs> the lemonade is especially good at the county fair. But here's the thing: now there's so many blogs, so many people writing, and they just are producing content for SEO, search engine optimization. This guy's like, is this a salary dump? Now, listen, a lot of people were saying this. Just I didn't expect the USA Today. Now, let me just quickly give you a number on this. The Rosen's like in the 27 million range. The 30th or so player when it comes to most salary is making like 23 million. Mm -hmm. So, okay, a couple million difference there. But even you, the DeRozan hater, Cofield, said, oh, 2022. How in the heck, if you're Toronto, a place that's going to have trouble getting free agents anyway, if you can have the 12th, 10th, 15th best player in the league and you're paying pretty much a top 30 salary, boy, that seems like a mighty good deal. Can I give you the other important point about Lowry and DeRozan? So first, do you agree with me there that it's absurd to say it's a salary dump? It's not a salary dump. It's actually what they have to pay. If you look at Toronto salaries and you're like, well, that seems a little bit high. How? How? If you're the 10th or 15th best player... And you're yes. pretty much in the top 30 of salary, what you're paying him, within a couple million. How are you overpaying? If you want to argue that he should make a little bit less. Like Lowry, should Lowry be 30 million? No, I, I'm not talking about Lowry. Well, I'm, I'm using both of those players for no, this. No, I don't care. For this. Well, but it's going to make the point. You cannot forget that in Toronto, they have to overpay a little bit because of the taxes. The tax rate is 53.53. I crunched the numbers this week. This is this is great. When DeRozan was like... No, when you hey. say crunch the numbers, what exactly did you do? <laughs> I looked I, up the tax rate I, and used a calculator <laughs> and noticed that DeRozan coming south, he actually makes about $4.5 million more in take-home. Kawhi actually gets screwed going north. You crunch those numbers? It's a big difference. Texas versus Toronto. <laughs> but let's agree. You get my point, right? They're, like, they're going to be a little a, bit inflated. Listen, the square chair is making a great point there. Finally. You've got the taxes. 
you've got the fact it's just not an attractive destination for yeah. most players. Yeah. And the fact that they're getting – I think at worst they're paying a fair market for DeRozan. And I think that you could make the case he's a slight bargain. But the idea that it's a salary dump is absurd. Now let's go to the Spurs side. Now if we look at the pure math of it, Vegas gives them a downgrade. So what were the odds before and after? The Spurs number was 50-1 to one for the title. Thinking Kawhi might be around, it's now sixty-six to one. Okay, so you might say, "Oh, downgrade." Well, remember what Vegas, what the bookmakers will do, especially this far out from the season, is usually think about best reasonable case and set the odds accordingly. And the best reasonable case was the Kawhi has a change of heart and he stays. And at that point, Kawhi is better, and thus the Spurs would be better at least next year forgetting the fact that DeRozan has multiple years and all that. So it makes sense it was a downgrade in the title watch for the Spurs. But I think we get back to the point. The Spurs were forced to make a trade. Let's use Kyrie Irving (laughs) as a comparable, a comp, as they say, in real estate. Now, I I know people weren't sure about Isaiah Thomas's health and all that, but boy— that seems like a good comparable, and I'm guessing DeRozan works out much better than it did for the Cavs. No doubt. You know, the massive health issues that IT has with the hip. And those were, though we didn't know how bad they were, we knew the health issues, there was a clear question mark, clear uncertainty as part of that trade. No doubt. Straight out of Vegas, I'm RJ Bell, Steve Cofield. We're talking now Spurs and the Vegas grade on the DeRozan trade. Now, here's my question. I've soured on Pop a little bit. I was a huge... When, when Tim Duncan was there, I was a huge Spurs fan. It just, it just felt like, boy, if I could be on a team... Now, again, I, my game probably not suited for the NBA even, hmm. even in my youth, but if I could have been on a t- <laughs> it was You know, I did tweet out a couple years ago that if I were you know, taller more athletic, my game would have been like Boris Diaw. So maybe I could see myself. Now, again, <laughs> a lot of passing, the key three here and there, tough rebound. Well, Su- super French. I don't know what <laughs> no, that, how no, that no. rolls into it. No, I, not that I, part. I love Diaw's game. I really did. I mean, it, it's that old man game, right, yeah. like they talk about. You were the original FIBA-style player in Ohio. I did take that uh, European step. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Is that right? I mean, who was going to call it? Did you? You did the Euro step. Nineteen eighty-seven. You were ripping out the Euro step. We didn't step? call it. That. Okay. It was. It was just three steps. Is what we call. Folks in the crowd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> folks, the old timers were like, "He's traveling." Well, but that's call the it. thing. Most of the game, you know, most of the games had no refs. So what are you going to do? So, <laughs> but the reality is, I, and again, Pop is, is a human being, and and his wife passed away, and who knows what other factors in his life are leading to what we're seeing now. But I think it's very viable to question Popovich at this point. And on the herd this week, there was a former NBA player, last name Daniels. Antonio Daniels, yeah. And he made a statement about the Spurs that really perked up my ears. Let's listen. I've always called Tim Duncan the the best teammate in professional sports history. And you can make a 
an argument for a lot of different people. No, it's a, a pretty good category. He's the most coachable superstar right. ever. You, what Tim did for that San Antonio Spurs fan base and organization is he put a bubble around them. So they never had to deal with the drama and issues that the other 29 NBA teams had to deal with. Now, when Tim Duncan walked out, now this Spurs fan base is seeing what all the other 29 teams deal with on a day-to-day basis as far as drama is concerned. That's what talk radio is for. You spend hundreds of hours thinking about a team, the Spurs, probably in the last 10 years. And that one statement made you say, wow, maybe all this credit, you know, because let's be candid, Popovich, if you actually look at the story of Popovich taking over, I think it was for Coach Hill, if I'm remembering. Is that right? I think so, yeah. And... The story is there was the knives were out. There was a lot of political infighting within the Spurs. And I, that, I'm not saying who's right or wrong in that deal. But boy, this idea, this tranquility and this team, team, team. You know, maybe it was Duncan in being that, that, that locker room enforcer and also maybe smoothing things over. Pop does something that's a little bit jagged, a little sharp. And Duncan says, hey, we're here to win. Now you don't have that Duncan. We've seen more problems out of this locker room in the last couple of years than in the prior 10. Never saw a drama like this before, right? Fighting with the top player, then having players turn on players like Parker going at Kawhi. That would have never happened with Tim Duncan around, or at least it never did. But the thing is, Popovich, by all accounts, sort of directed that. The odds are that would have never happened. Let's just say this. Allegedly, we'll say on the first part, that's very unlikely to have happened with Parker speaking out if Pop didn't at least give the nod, as they say in the mob. So to me, it's a situation where, boy, who knows? But that was insightful. Last thing about Pop. You got to wonder, this was a good trade. Let's give it a thumbs up because it was forced for the Spurs. But I wonder what the young players package with picks offer was. Love to see him. I'd love to see what they if they were offered something decent from the Lakers, the Sixers, and the Celtics, and if Pop put his foot down and said, I'm not winning 30 games. I'm not winning 27 games. I'm going to stand for two years to play this kind of basketball. Because all expectations are he's done after 2020. He's coaching Team USA. Did he, you know, they, in business, it's called misaligned interests. Were Pop's interests and the organizations misaligned? Now, when we come back... We're going to talk about Colin Cowherd, his take on this trade, and how much I disagree. But first, Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, guys, we'll start on the Diamond, where the Rockies won an 11-10 shootout over the Diamondbacks in Arizona. Nolan Arenado hit two home runs for Colorado. They trail the Dodgers by two games in the NL West. And speaking of L.A., Manny Machado reached base four times in his debut they notched a 6-4 win over Milwaukee. Dallas Keiko had a no-hitter through six innings in a 3-1 Astros win over the Angels. D. Gordon went 4-4 four for, four for Seattle. They got a 3-1 victory over the White Sox. Giants beat their previously red-hot Oakland A's 5-1. Extra inning victories for the Indians and Blue Jays. Red Sox shut out Detroit 1-0 while the Mets beat the Yankees 7-5. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy. 
a more confident car buying experience. At the second round of the Open Championship, Zach Johnson shot a 4-under 67 on Friday. He moved into a tie for first with Kevin Kinsner, who shot a 1-under 70 for the round. Tiger Woods in a tie for 29th at even par. Top-ranked Dustin Johnson missed the cut. The NBA Lakers signed free agent forward Michael Beasley to a one-year contract. Back to RJ and Steve. Thanks, Kevin. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So Vegas, thumbs up, up, up for Toronto for next year. That's the grade straight out of Vegas. And Spurs, considering their obligation, they were forced to trade. Got to give them a thumbs up. Now, Colin Cowherd on the herd had a take on this, and it really wasn't about who got the good deal for next year, but rather a macro point, a big picture point about owners versus players. Let's listen. DeMar DeRozan met with Toronto officials last week at the Summer League in Vegas, and they assured him, we are not trading you. We promise you. We love you. We're not trading you. And what did Toronto do? Trade him. He went to his Instagram account. DeMar DeRozan says, be told one thing, outcome another. Can't trust him. Ain't no loyalty in this game. Sell you out quick for a little bit of nothing. Oh, by the way, Kawhi Leonard didn't want to play in San Antonio because Pop called him out. And so what does San Antonio do? They trade him to the one NBA franchise you know he doesn't want to play for. The one NBA franchise not in the United States. Canada. Toronto. Grudge-holding Popovich sends Kawhi packing. And you'll want to know why I defend stars. So, here's the question. And this is a reoccurring theme with Colin. Is the idea of it's players and they don't have agency and the big bad ownership is the, the villain. And... I can promise you, I have no doubt there's many times that ownership is villainous, no doubt. But let's kind of set the bar here. Maybe the beginning point of virtue of not being a villain should be following your formal agreements. And let me ask you, Cofield, how often often do owners not follow their agreements? They're formal, on-paper agreements. In the NBA? Anywhere. Well, the NFL is different than the NBA. What do you mean? They never do. Hey, the, well, they I, have the right to cut players, so you're exactly. right. They, they buy the letter it's of the, the law, the it's agreement. Not the, it's not a technicality. It's the right. very basis of you're the right. agreement. You're right. It's just a crappy deal that, they, that the players Well, we can debate cut. that or not, yeah. but the agreement is, I mean, think about what you're asking an owner to do. Is say, oh, by the way, we know that the players are getting X, Y, and Z, and we negotiate. We went possibly a strike to somehow get this agreement. Mm -hmm. But now that we have it, you shouldn't actually um, exert your rights. You should do less than your rights allow. That's absurd. We're going to ask billionaire. You don't get to be a billionaire when you do that. All right. So let me ask you again. Would you agree that if a billionaire owner doesn't follow his formal agreement, he's going to get sued and it's going to cost him even more? Yes. And in the NBA, they honor a lot of deals that are bad deals. And again, but it's a it's a deal that's yep. on paper. Mm-hmm. Now, all of these actions by these players, and let's use you know let's go to the NFL with Le'Veon Bell and all this. It's all about saying, hey, I know it's a deal. I know I made it. I know my union made it, but I don't like it. And because I don't like it, 
you know, I, let's be honest. Is there any chance that Leonard couldn't have played last year? I mean, physically, maybe he wasn't 100%, but if he was very motivated to play, I think most people would agree he would have been on that court. Yes. Now, we don't know for sure. Let's say that. But I think we price uncertainty here in Vegas pretty well. I think that there was a lot of uncertainty about, or or let's say there's a high level of certainty he could have played. But, uh, you know, I don't like that. Whatever happened, I don't like it. I'm not going to play. So... The idea, now I have no doubt that when it comes to promises and whispers in the dark, that there's times that the owners are shady as all get out. Just like there's players that renege on handshakes. Okay, fine, let's call it even. Or let's even say the owners are worse in those cases. And let's say that the deal is bad. Though I'm not sure how all these players making all these millions can be that bad. What's the split? It's what, 50-50 now? So... The players are getting half? Now, how can that be so bad? Right? Should they really be getting significantly more? I don't know. Right? There's very few complaints around the NBA about the contract situation. Okay. So now, doesn't it make it even more egregious that the players decide on their whims that, oh, I'm not going to honor my agreement? And you're talking about Kawhi, not DeRozan. I'm talking about Kawhi. But I'm saying the idea that DeRozan was complaining about feeling like he was told something and it was reneged upon. First off, we have no idea what was said because it could be, hey, it's our intention to have you here as long as we can have you. Now, is that a promise? I mean, it seems that the Raptors did tell him he was going to stay around. The GM came out this morning, Masai Ujiri, and said... Said there was a miscommunication? Sorry, there was a miscommunication. If he didn't understand that, I apologize. Yeah. I guess he never really admitted straight out, though, that we blew it and we lied to him. Well, in fact, he admitted the opposite, saying, I didn't say that, but I understand how he thought I said that. Okay. Okay, but let's just say for the sake of argument, he plain lied. He looked and said, you're going to be here until the day I die. You're going to be in Toronto. Okay, a verbal agreement being <laughs> reneged upon is not a good thing. So demerit. We'll demerit the GM, demerit Toronto. But how's that compared to making tens of millions of dollars and not honoring a formal agreement? And that seems to be the debate all the time is will a player honor a formal agreement? Now, if you're out there saying, you know, I still, I'm not a, you know, I'm a union guy or I'm a a, a, a worker guy and, and those owners are billionaires. So I'm always going to side with the workers. Okay, fine. So what you're really saying is doesn't matter who's right and wrong. I'm going to side with the players. Okay. I don't think that's very logical, but let's accept it. But if you're thinking, and Colin's a thinker, if you're thinking about it, how aren't you critical of the players where their default position when they're disgruntled is to just not honor a formal agreement while the owners never, ever do that? Well, in the case of Kawhi, if he could have played, what he pulled was bullcrap. It was. But let's not even make it about Kawhi. Let's make it about all the other players that force trades that that say, oh, my back's hurting me, or I'm not showing well, up to camp. No, the, the players who force trades, that a lot of times that's nonsense as well because you're boxing your team in to where they can't actually get any return when you say, I'm only going there, and Kawhi actually pulled that as well. So there was uncertainty. So all of a sudden, the Lakers are confident he's coming. The Sixers and Celtics are like, hey, we're not renting a player. We're not giving you all these 
you know, great players in return and picks. And Le'Veon Bell saying, okay, well, I want to make sure this counts as a certain year for me to, to, to toll that year for my, for all the other benefits of that. But I'm going to show up the last possible moment potentially. Even though I'm collecting all this money, even though I signed the deal, when the the owners never do this, we can we can list a bunch of players that have. We can debate. Oh well, it's intrinsically unfair, so they're free to do that. Okay, well you better debate that then, because if we just look on the surface, the owners follow their formal agreements. The players don't. It's hard to have that conversation about the players being wronged without that being part of it. Feels weird. We've gone 40 minutes and no Lakers mention, breakdown, really at all? Well, you know, it's curious that you say that. Really? When we come back, we're going to talk a little Lakers. And, you know, I entered today not sure I had a best bet for you. I've got a best bet for you. That's on the way straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas brought to you by Lowe's Pro Customers at Lowe's. Save 5% on every purchase every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% on all purchases in-store or online, subject to credit approval, U.S. only. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell, wrapping it up here on a Friday night. Okay, so let's talk Manny Machado before our best bet. A lot of excitement, <laughs> Cofield, about this trade in Dodger country. Yeah, What's Vegas say? Not much. Uh, yeah, Dodgers were 9-1 to one to win the World Series. Mega player, megastar Manny Machado makes them an 8-1 to one choice for the World Series. And remember, and this is the key point to remember when it comes to betting World Series futures, getting to the playoffs, necessary. I don't know if you know this, square chair. Yes. Can't win the World Series if you don't make the playoffs. But once you make the playoffs in baseball – Boy, it is so hard to predict. You would think number of wins or other factors might dictate no. So, yes, Dodgers are a better team. I think that's unequivocal, but small upgrade World Series odds. Yeah, you really took me off futures betting, speculation betting on baseball for that randomness. Or, But I that's the beauty of it. If you find a nice long shot that you think can slip in the playoffs. 9-1 to one Nationals to win the National League now. About the sixth choice. Speaking of a nice bet. Ad hoc, impromptu here. I'm taking off the rubber band. We talked a lot of Raptors early in the show, how they've been upgraded, upgraded the Raptors, and they're plus 450 to win the East. I get all the love for Boston, but boy, I think Toronto, I know Toronto won the most games in the East last year, and I know they're likely better this year with Leonard. Thus, to me, you give me 100 wins, you're 450 on the Raptors just to win the East. Value. And like you, Cofield, I like value. <laughs> Best bet. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Celtics are minus 130 to win the East, and the Sixers are 3 to 1. Yeah. I, if you give me a last longer between Toronto and the Sixers, whew, I love Toronto and that last longer. We have to get some Lakers in. So I know you found something really good this week with Dan Patrick that got you thinking. Yeah. I've been thinking about the Lakers a lot. And Dan Patrick had a take that I hadn't heard another media guy share. And quite frankly, I hadn't thought of it quite like this. Let's listen. They may not be stars, but they're going to contribute. And that's what I want. I want a balanced lineup there. The problem with Cleveland, Cleveland didn't have a balanced lineup. 
you had guys that you couldn't count on. I need consistency there. And if I get Kuzma, Ingram, Ball, and they're going to contribute Josh Hart, I need that. I need depth if I'm going to go after Golden State. You know, they're going to have more top-end talent. But if I have depth and a great second unit, now I have a chance against you. Now think about this. What people underestimate, the casual sports fan, is it's not just how good you are. It's how good you are relative to your salary cap hit. In a hard cap league, and I know the NBA isn't a pure hard cap, but it's hard to keep paying that luxury tax. Is It's not how great you are. It's how great you are relative to what it costs. And you think about these young Laker players. Ingram, some people are saying top 10 talent in the whole league. And then you look at some of these other players. Yeah, maybe they're not going to be your third or fourth guy on a winning NBA championship team. But boy, if they're their seventh or eighth guy, if Lonzo Ball is your seventh guy and you're paying him a rookie deal, well, that's mighty good. I, I think Patrick's got a heck of a point. I think it means probably Lakers' chances to win this year go down a little bit. But I also think that if you want to be optimistic about the Lakers over the next four, three, four years, I think you got to be more optimistic if you think of it that way. No doubt. It gives them flexibility for the future. And another positive of having 9, 10, 11 guys you might be able to use at different points during the season is the possibility that you don't have to play LeBron you know, 39, 40 minutes a night every freaking night. Like He can actually take some games off. He can go a little lighter on some nights. Because, listen, if you think about that Golden State-Houston series, the question was, could either team even find a fifth guy now, obviously, Iguodala was banged up, but did either team have a really good seventh, eighth guy? No, when I say really good, I mean really good even as a bench guy. And why? Because they're paying so many of these max deals. Maybe the move is you have two max deals eventually, and instead of the third and a bunch of younger guys. Boy, that might be a way to go at the Warriors. How is this year's Rockets team going to have more stamina than last year's? And last year's completely ran out of gas. They're I, thinner this year, and they ran out of gas last year with more players. And how much thin? I mean, even the year after, they'd be even thinner if they want to keep their guys. Real quick, two rounds in the British Open. Let's get an update right now. Who's favored? So the favorite is 500 in second place, Tommy Fleetwood. He's plus 550. Zach Johnson in the lead is plus 650. But here's the thing. There's 29 players within six strokes of the lead, and this is a volatile course. There were dudes who shot 69 in the first round under par, four of them who didn't make the freaking cut. So we're going to see a lot of movement, but the problem is who do you pluck with the movement because it's going to be so volatile. So what you're saying is there's a cluster, and thus even the leaders are long shots right now. They're not great bets, but I don't know who to – I guess you go for 50 and 60 to one shots who are, you know – Within those six shots. Or you just pass. We'll see you tomorrow, 10 o'clock, straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.